This is Laura London, and you're listening to Speaking of Jung. Joining us today for episode 67 is Jungian analyst and author Dr. Murray Stein in Zurich, Switzerland. He holds a Master of Divinity from Yale University and a PhD in Religion and Psychological Studies from the University of Chicago. He trained as a Jungian analyst at the C.G. Jung Institute Zurich and later co-founded the Jung Institute of Chicago, where he worked as a training analyst. Dr. Stein served as president of the IAAP, the International Association for Analytical Psychology, from 2001 to 2004, and as president of the International School of Analytical Psychology, known as ISAP Zurich, from 2008 to 2012, where he currently works as a training and supervising analyst. He is a very prolific author, and among his many books is Jung's Map of the Soul, an introduction, published in 1998. It was recognized by BTS's management company, Big Hit Entertainment, prior to the release of their 2019 album, Map of the Soul Persona. You can hear Dr. Stein discuss his book and BTS for the first time in episode 42. He then joined me for episode 44, in which we discussed each track from a Jungian perspective. Shortly after that, a Map of the Soul book series was created by Chiron Publications. The publishers, psychiatrists Stephen Buser and Leonard Cruz, along with Dr. Stein, wrote the first volume, Map of the Soul Persona, Our Many Faces. Additional volumes on the shadow and the ego followed, and the fourth volume, a compilation of all three, was released in May. Earlier this year, BTS released a full-length studio album titled Map of the Soul 7, which included the tracks Shadow and Ego. You can hear Dr. Stein's full analyses of the lyrics and Jung's concepts in episode 53 and episode 54, and we discussed the entire album in episode 55. Please visit the website speakingofjung.com where you'll find our page devoted to BTS that includes links to all of Dr. Stein's episodes and books. BTS's new Japanese studio album, Map of the Soul 7, The Journey, was released on July 14th. It includes Japanese versions of songs from three previous albums, as well as four new original Japanese tracks. Intro, Calling, the lead single, Stay Gold, Your Eyes Tell, and Outro, The Journey. And the previously released 2019 single, Lights, is also included. Those tracks and more are the subjects of our talk today. This interview is being recorded on Sunday, July 19, 2020, through the magic of Skype. Hi, Dr. Stein. Hello, Laura. Good to be with you again. Thank you so much for returning to the podcast to talk about this new studio album. I We haven't talked uh, since February, and so a lot's happened since then. There's some new songs that ARMY has asked specifically for you to share with us your thoughts on the meaning behind these songs. So I thought we would start with the intro to this album, which is titled Calling. And that word makes me think of vocation. Indeed. Um, 
it's uh, it's a little hard to interpret um, uh, what it means because it doesn't have a text with it. It's an instrumental piece, but it does, I think, announce uh, the beginning of the journey. The album as a whole is is titled "The Journey," and uh, the last, uh, the 13th number on it, uh, "Utro," is titled "The Journey," also an in- instrumental piece. So the album. Uh, as instrumental book ends. Um, and um, so with intro, we are um, beginning a journey as, as I read the, um, as I read the meaning of the album as a whole. Um, it's a kind of announcement that a journey will begin. And um, what a journey implies is uh, an initial um, state of um, announcement and uh, separation. You go on a journey, you separate from one place and you head off in another direction. So I'm thinking of uh, calling as an announcement that they're going to be going somewhere or sharing something with us uh, on this journey in the album. And for the concept photos for the previous album, uh, they released four versions. And one of them, number three, was titled Sense of Calling and Will. So this is something that seems to be maybe in the works, had been in the works for them, this sense of calling. Well, I think they do feel a calling uh, in the sense of a vocation to um, share their thoughts with the world um, as, as musicians. It's more than, uh, if you have a vocation, it's more than a job, and it's more than earning a living or becoming famous. There's more to it than that, because a calling comes from the self. It's a deep, um, uh, let's say, urge or um, uh, a growing sense of mission. So if, if that's what they mean by calling, then we could read the journey as... Um, a um, uh, a manifestation of their calling or their their mission in life. It also makes me think of the official music video for track number ten on, which was the lead single from their uh, 2020 album Map of the Soul Seven. Uh, there's a scene where Jungkook picks up this conch shell from the river and he holds it up to his mouth and he blows into it and it makes the sound of like a horn and Mm -hmm. it calls everybody. Yeah, it's a very dramatic scene in that film. Um, It it reminded me of the um, chauffeur of um, in Jewish um, ritual at the new year, you know, the horn is sounded to announce a new year. And in this album, that <clears throat> that particular number on is number 10, and it does mark a turning point in the journey. Um, um, because also in that uh, film, you don't see it, you don't hear it in the music, but in the film, you see a young girl uh, who is blindfolded and being freed. Um, and you, you see the doors opening, uh, these huge gates opening, um, suggesting an opening into a new, uh, a new uh, stage uh, or um, a new stage of the journey, uh, 
something that has been closed now opening. So I think that's a, a very important number in this album as well. Mm -hmm. I watched that video again last night, and it is breathtakingly beautiful. It is gorgeous piece of work. And uh, maybe we'll say a little bit more about that when we get to track 10. So the second track is the lead single of this album. It's titled Stay Gold. And my initial thought was alchemy. And the goal of alchemy is to turn lead into gold. And that's in a literal sense, but in a psychological sense, what does that mean? Well, gold is the highest value, uh, and it's incorruptible. Um, and that's why it was so, has historically been so admired and, and, um, and considered uh, the most precious of the metals. It doesn't corrode, it doesn't corrupt. Um, and so I think what they're asking here is um, when they say stay gold, um, don't let your love be corrupted. Love is the gold. Love is the highest value that they are um, singing about and, and that uh, many people would agree is the, is the highest value in all of uh, ethics. Um, I'm, I'm curious who they're singing to when they say, stay gold, stay gold. Mm -hmm. um, one thought is that they're singing to their fans. They're singing to the army. So while we're away, and we're on our journey, stay true, hold on to your love, stay gold, keep it shining, um, uh, keep it available uh, in your heart. And um, I think that's, we're all in a strange world right now, you know, where uh, a world of separation, um, yes. COVID, we're, we're isolated. And they're isolated in their homes in Korea, and they're singing to their fans worldwide. We can't be with you right now. Stay gold. Uh, remember us and keep us in your heart. And they're singing specifically in this album, I think, to the Japanese um, uh, fans who aren't so distant from Korea. But still, there is a, an, uh, a body of water dividing them. So they're calling out to... Uh, it's a plea to uh, keep love alive while uh, we're undergoing this period of separation and isolation. Mm -hmm. The next few tracks we covered in previous episodes because they are from the album Map of the Soul Persona. We have Boy With Love, Make It Right, and Dionysus, or Dionysus. I never know how to pronounce that word. And I was wondering, did you want to say anything about that. They're included in this album, but with Japanese lyrics this time. And they're the same lyrics, but they're in Japanese. Well, there are songs about love. Um, and um, uh, Boy With Love is a love song. Uh, it's dedicated to relationship. And uh, although separated now from the beloved and far away, um, he's offering her his love. Uh, again, who are they singing to? Um, they're singing to uh, people that they're separated from. Um, Make It Right is a kind of apologetic uh, number of um, that there's a kind of falling or slipping away 
Um, there are apologies. He's going to make it right. Again, it's a kind of love song. But there's a bit of a sinking feeling, like we're getting uh, more distant from each other and uh, things are slipping away. But I'm going to make it right. I will do everything to make it right, the singer says. And Dionysus uh, is ecstatic. It's free. It's loose. Uh, it's all about drinking, drinking the, drinking it to the last uh, drop and uh, staying up all night and having a great party. But after the party, you also have a hangover uh, the next day. Mm-hmm. So there are consequences of this aspect. I look on the album as moments in the journey. Uh, and this is a moment uh, in their journey, uh, a Dionysian moment, uh, ecstatic, freedom, they're celebrating, but they're also aware of consequences. Mm-hmm. And, um, idol uh, is a, uh, a very assertive, defiant uh, number that uh, uh, affirms the ego position and is going to keep his um, uh, position as an idol um, while being an idol has its pro- uh, problems. Um, he's going to keep his position and affirm his ambition, but there are serious envy attacks underway. There are problems with celebrity, and uh, in some sense, he begins to realize the hollowness of glamour and success, uh, the emptiness of this celebrity, and that arrives hard in Airplane, the next number, which is right in the middle of the album, number seven. Mm-hmm. It's the middle number. There are 13 uh, tracks. Number seven is the exact center of it. And that is a pivot number. It, it pivots into what in alchemy is called negredo, um, uh, the dark night of the soul. Um, it's a song of uh, disillusionment, endless partying, confusion, exhaustion. It's the hangover from Dionysus. They're traveling endlessly on an airplane, Um, many different cities. They can get confused. Where are we today? Um, And and the um, emptiness of the whole, uh, they're they're losing their sense of uh, calling, which happens to everybody. Uh, Anybody who has a vocation has these moments. This is part of the journey uh, when things become very um, questioned and dark and... um, one uh, starts wondering, why, why are we working so hard? What's it all about? Um, and uh, uh, exhaustion is a big item in this number. That's a, that's a very important point that we all go through that. Uh, would you say a little bit more about how doubt creeps in no matter how successful we are or no matter how much we love what we do, that is part of it. That is part of the journey. Yes. Well, these songs are stations on the way of their journey at this particular moment when there is separation and isolation. Um, And this is one of the stations uh, that um, um, everyone who um, sets out on a mission um, starts out usually with uh, great certainty and confidence and enthusiasm, which is strongly affirmed in uh, that uh, defiant song, Idol, just before. And then one enters into uh, 
a period of uh, reflection, uh, questioning. And this is also what happens in isolation. A lot of people are experiencing that nowadays, um, that they look back on their previous very active life, flying all over the place, partying all the time, um, lots of meetings, lots of interactions. Now there's none of that. And in this space of reflection um, and isolation, one begins um, seeing that um, a lot of what one did is um, hollow, rings hollow. Uh, It's not um, authentic. Um, And I think this song is very effective in communicating that uh, that mood in the journey. Mm-hmm. And the next track, Fake Love, always confused me. I, I am very confused by this message. And we hadn't covered this song because it came out before you and I started talking about BTS. So I'm curious to know your thoughts about this song. Well, you have these uh, three songs, uh, seven, eight, and nine, Airplane, Fake Love, and Black Swan, and they're all about shadow. Fake Love is um, the realization that what they've been doing on these journeys um, and uh, constant um, performances all over the world, and they name a bunch of cities that they've been to and uh, all of that, that there's something unreal. ungenuine about it, disingenuous. These are persona relationships, they're shallow attachments, um, and they are, um, in, in this number, they're, they're um, acutely um, aware of that and sharing that, uh, that insight and that feeling. I would say this is, uh, in the album, this is the, they've reached the depths of uh, the greater awareness um, the darkness, uh, dark night of the soul, which then continues into the next number, Black Swan, where the shadow is really dominant, all light is extinguished. It really is um, archetypal, almost metaphysical, that uh, night has descended. And uh, the Black Swan is a, is, um, a moment of unexpected catastrophe when uh, Um, like uh, coronavirus uh, suddenly enters the world and everything stops. Totally unexpected, um, unprepared for, and the shadow dominates the whole world. I've called it the um, Umbra Mundi, uh, the the world shadow uh, is over all of us uh, during this period of time. Lots of death, um, lots of uncertainty. People don't know where they're going to be next week certainly not next month or next year. Mm -hmm. I don't know if their jobs will come back. Uh, They certainly won't come back the way they were before. That's when you're living in in the shadow, Um, not in the sense of personal shadow, but collective shadow. Mm -hmm. Things um, very, very, um, very dark right now. So um, I think uh, fake love is a realization that what one offers in these persona situations of performance um, is not the real thing. It's uh, their shallow attachments. They're they're put on. I can be anything. I can, uh, what do you want? I'll be it for you. Um, And um, seductive, but not um, genuine, not real. Well, 
the reason why I say I was confused by it, and maybe I'll edit this part out, but certainly they wouldn't be saying this to their fans, would they? Accusing their admiration of being fake, fake love. So ARMY loves BTS and BTS loves ARMY. I think it's confessional um, that uh, what they've been offering is fake love. You have to come through this to get to the genuine thing, which comes is suggested as you go on and yeah. lights your eyes tell. You're passing through a period of disillusionment and self-doubt and self-questioning. They're talking about themselves. They're not talking about their fans. They're not saying, you've offered me fake love. Mm -hmm. They're saying, I'm questioning what I've been offering you. Um, I, it's, uh, um, I realize that it's not uh, gold. It is not. Right. It's the opposite of the gold. It's a fool's gold. That's fake love. And the last time we spoke, which was in February of 2020, uh, their world tour was scheduled and I was planning on seeing them again when they were here in Chicago. And when we spoke, that's when the coronavirus was just starting to spread and become a concern. And you even mentioned that some of the concerts might be canceled. And I remember when I heard you say that thinking, oh, that'll never happen. Well, you were right. And the entire tour was, I don't know if it's technically canceled or postponed, probably postponed, but there's no indication of when things are going to start back up again. And you mentioned a black swan event, and this is truly that. It has become that, hasn't it? The next track is Black Swan, and we did cover that in the episode about ego, but I was wondering if you had anything further you wanted to add. Well, it did strike me at the time. It was very early in the pandemic. In fact, I think the pandemic wasn't announced. People weren't really aware of the seriousness of it when this um, when this uh, song was recorded, right. I'm sure it was written or recorded. <clears throat> Black Swan was a term that, that came along uh, and gained a lot of currency during the financial crisis in 2008 because the financial crisis was also totally unexpected. I mean, a few people could see it. People in the financial world were quite uneasy mm -hmm. uh, about what was going on in the markets. Uh, but most people, um, um, and certainly uh, people in the media, had no idea what was coming. And so when it hit, it came as a total surprise. That's the black swan. And it occurred to me that the coronavirus pandemic was going to be like that, a black swan, and that they had synchronistically um, um, uh, written this song and recorded it before or just about the time uh, that was beginning to uh, take off in Wuhan, in China, and uh, would still be a period of time before it came to the rest of the world. And uh, really, it wasn't until March, April, and May that it hit uh, severely in the areas that they were going to um, concertize in. So um, my guess was at that time that uh, the concerts were um, questionable. It later turned out there there was no way they could gather in those numbers mm -hmm. uh, with 
uh, with a pandemic um, in our midst. So those three songs, Airplane Part 2, Fake Love, and Black Swan, you say represent the shadow in this journey through the album, through the 13 tracks. And the next track is On, which was the lead single from Map of the Soul 7. And we talked a little bit about that at the beginning of this episode. Now, uh, in this song, they're coming out of it a bit, out of the shadow, but they aren't completely out. Uh, but it's an, uh, it, it um, states a, a very strong desire uh, not to uh, quit, not to, let's say, lose contact with the calling altogether. It's a song of resilience. Yes. You're going to bounce back. Uh, he says he's a fighter. He can take the pain. Bring it on. Bring it on. Um, and they're... Um, kind of pulling themselves together. Some energy is coming back after the um, darkness of Negredo, which is exhaustion, no energy, um, uh, depression, and so on. Now the fighter is coming back. And in the film, you see the recovery of the soul in that young girl that's freed. It's such a moving scene and the opening of the gates to a new stage of the journey that's in the film. Um, and so now they're coming out of it, and the next two songs will bring them further along into um, what we might call Elbedo, uh, the, the stage that follows Negredo and the alchemy um, system of, um, of transformation. Would you just briefly give our listeners a, a brief rundown on the stages of alchemy in case they're not familiar? Essentially, um, and this is very brief and very simplified, but there are three stages. Um, albedo, which is the darkness or blackness, uh, followed by albedo, the whiteness, uh, followed by rubedo, the redness. And you can think of the night, and then the dawn, and then the rising of the sun. So, negredo, albedo, and rubedo. Rubedo. And the negredo is the night sea journey of the sun. It goes sinks in the west and it disappears for 12 hours. And that's called the night sea journey. And the alchemists said that when the negredo happens, uh, you, should always, you should rejoice because that means the process is beginning. The process of transformation is beginning. You cannot have transformation of the psyche, of the personality, without going through this kind of um, um, very uh, painful self-examination where you expose your your shadow, you look at it uh, in detail and squarely, you live in it, and there's a kind of period of hopelessness. You, In a sense, you die. The imagery of Negredo is graveyards, death, uh, skeletons, black crows, that sort of thing. And then the light uh, begins to uh, change as dawn begins, and you have the whitening of the sky in the east. And that was called albedo. So that's when the process is coming into its next phase, which is much lighter. It brings energy back. There is a, 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 a feeling of um, uh, renewal, and um, some uh, creativity is beginning to um, spark in the background a bit. And then when the sun rises, you have rubedo, 
and the gold. That's the period of the gold because the sun is golden. Um, and uh, you've gone through the process of um, uh, achieving uh, what in some traditions would be called, uh, called enlightenment. In Jungian psychology, we call it realization of the self or a glimpse of the self, a feeling that you're connected to the source of your energy again and the source of your vocation, which comes from that place in your psyche. Uh, and so um, you don't see the full-blown rubedo in this album. Um, when you get to um, lights, the light begins, uh, and your eyes tell you have promises that Albedo is strengthening, that love is returning, a new, a new beginning may be possible, but um, we're left with uh, 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 a promise. We're not left with a realization. We're not left with a fulfillment. Um, and the 13th number, uh, the journey, um, means continuing, going forward more, looking ahead to the, to the next uh, stage of life. And chances are this process will repeat many times in life. Um, but uh, to go through it at their age, they're in their late 20s, mid to late 20s, mm -hmm. um, it um, is a, um, you could say, a very um, um, auspicious uh, sign of um, uh, possibilities for um, growth and um, and development and uh, transformation in them individually and as a group and perhaps with in relation to their to their fans they'll all grow together in the future one hopes so now that this process these stages of alchemy does this happen naturally or does one need to consciously go through it and do the work I think it happens naturally, but it, it helps if you notice it and do the work. It, it strengthens it. It gives it meaning. Otherwise, you, you know, after you come out of Negredo and uh, that period of flatness and depression and, you know, the um, quotes, the, the world returns to normal again after COVID and people go out and start partying too soon. They just want to put it behind them. They don't get the message. There isn't much transformation in that. You just want to get over it and get on with your life. But if you, in one of these songs, um, I think it's in, uh, maybe it's in, uh, it's either in lights or your eyes tell, um, the darkness is celebrated because yes. in the darkness you develop a new kind of vision which is much deeper about life. And you can see this happening in people naturally. I read about it in the newspapers, columnists are writing about it. You know, in this period of darkness, we are finding better values. We're, we're more with our families. There's more, there's more interaction. There's more energy within, the, within intimate relationships than there was before. We're finding gold in the darkness. And so developing that kind of vision about... Um, the, uh, the soul, um, that, that uh, in the darkness, there's also a kind of, uh, there are possibilities um, to recognize uh, deep values. And when the albedo comes and the energy returns, uh, you can bring those with you. If you don't 
um, if you aren't conscious of that, you just want to put the darkness behind you and get into the light and start all over again. What would you say to those who are still in the negredo, who are overwhelmed by the darkness and the depression of it? What what message do you have for them? Well, what I do with people I work with and, and know, and if, if they ask me for advice, I say keep a journal. Um, write down your thoughts. Make them conscious to yourself. Um, uh, watch your dreams. Uh, people are reporting having more dreams than usual now. You see that in the newspapers as well. And they aren't just bad dreams. Uh, a lot of the dreams um, um, that I've noticed are dreams of people you've known long ago. It's like memory is coming back. Uh, people you've lost track of, um, maybe mentors, teachers, um, dreams of young children, babies, that's new life. You'll, you'll find the light in the darkness if you look at your dreams. Um, and um, they won't just be, they aren't just bad dreams. Mostly when you're having a bad time, your dreams are positive. It's what Jung called compensation. And they can give you hope. Now, people tend to dismiss their dreams. Oh, that's just wish fulfillment. That's just, I wish, you know, I weren't in such a difficult space right now. But take it more seriously. That's in you somewhere. And uh, that will grow. There will be albedo. And um, like um, uh, the BTS sings, your eyes tell at the end, um, love will return. A new beginning is possible. But it takes um, a lot of stamina uh, and uh, resilience, as you see in uh, song number 10 on, to um, take the pain and um, work with it and, and look deeper into yourself. In track number 11, Lights, they sing, yes, I believe that things will change. And even this moment holds meaning. And I just want to encourage people who are in that dark place that it won't last forever. And the only way out is through it. Yes, exactly. Um, I watched the um, film of that, um, and it shows this dark movie theater, a, a person alone in the movie theater at the beginning. One of the BTS singers is alone. And then uh, slowly they all come together. Mm. Um, and the light returns. And um, um, love basically is the light. Um, you know, what has disappeared is um, what we call love. What is love? They sing a lot about it. It's um, uh, connectedness. It's feeling uh, value. It's feeling that you're golden if you feel loved. Uh, it's, it's giving it to someone else if you love them. Um, but when you're in, uh, in a state like uh, fake love, uh, or airplane, you're exhausted, you're down, you have nothing to give. You aren't a boy with love. <laughs> you don't have it to bring. Um, and But it will come back. And that you see as the tracks move on, it comes into the light. And uh, your eyes tell as, um, you know, again, um, that feeling, even though we're separate, even though we're apart, we can still feel the love for each other. Mm. 
And also in Your Eyes Tell, they sing, shadows of the past chase me again and again, but the more I try to escape and struggle, the more it follows me. That's right. The message is you can't escape from it. You have to face it. They're very realistic about the shadow. They sang about that before in the previous Mm -hmm. albums, that um, the more you try to escape from the shadow, run into the sunlight, the longer the shadow gets behind you. Uh, So you have to turn and face it. Um, And that means facing your deficits, facing your um, feelings of... um, you know, inferiority or envy or greed, um, your um, lack of um, talent. When you're in a position like theirs, um, I'm sure there's a lot of um, fear that another group is going to come along that's better than they are. Um, And so they get anxious. When you're at the top, you feel very anxious. about being surpassed and every day you have to do it again and be as good as you were yesterday so there's a tremendous amount of pressure on them and a time like this is very good for them i think to rest to go inward um, and to have have the distance um, to uh, go through a transformation process that's what this time is good for i also want to ask you about the age and the pressure that maybe some of the young army, some of their younger fans might be feeling when they hear us talk about this, this journey, you know, this, this process, this individuation process, and it's not meant for maybe young people. Am I correct in saying that, that some of this will come later for them? And what I'm seeing from some of the messages I receive is that they might be feeling pressure to do all of this inner work, all of this hard stuff right away. And it's a process. It is a journey. That's right. And it has different um, stages. So you might go through this process as an adolescent in your teen years. A lot of teens suffer terribly and and suffer from uh, inferiority and um, needs for um, affirmation and and esteem. Um, And they go through this process as adolescents. And then they come into another stage of young adults, and they might go through it again. These uh, BTS singers are in their late 20s. You go through it again, importantly, at midlife, around the age of 40. Um, between maybe uh, 38 and 45, you go through it again in your late life when you retire and you get old um, and you become an elder. You know, there um, you go through this process many times and it's different each time. But in some respects, it's, it, has its own, it has its pattern. You go down into it. Um, you have to be patient with it. You um, um, try to develop eyes for the darkness. You, you keep resilient. Um, you know, you're a fighter. Uh, and you will come out of it. That there will be a dawn. And there will be new possibilities. If you survive it. Some don't survive it. Um, I, I saw a story in the news just uh, the, today that this um, um, world-class Olympic skater Ekaterina something, a Russian, 
who skated for Australia with a partner, a native Australian partner, who won some prize in the Olympics 2017, I think, jumped out a window at the age of 20 um, in Moscow. And I don't know exactly why she had an accident of some kind. I think it meant that she couldn't skate at the same level. You know, when these things happen to you, and it happens to many people, it happens to all of us in some ways, um, the first thing you have to do is survive it and, and go through it. Uh, because new opportunities will appear as a result, but they don't appear right away. Right. And uh, if you can hang on and uh, sing uh, on to yourself, mm -hmm. out, be a fighter, um, and, and keep on going, uh, it will, uh, uh, new opportunities will arrive uh, that you had not, not dreamed of before. You, because if you keep going on the same path and you're very successful, there's no need for them. But when you're stopped and you're blocked and you're brought low, then uh, something new can come into your life. Mm -hmm. And that new thing often is better than the old thing was. Yes. Yes, that's a great point. So the album ends with another instrumental, the outro called The Journey. And I was looking through your book, the book that started all of this, Jung's Map of the Soul. And in the introduction, you use the word journey quite a few times. You write about outer journeys, such as the one you took to Zurich, but also inner journeys. And you say that you've been journeying and finding treasures ever since. And also Jung's journey, his inner journey, and that he literally had no idea if he was going to find a treasure or fall off the edge of the world into outer space. So as much as we like to take outer journeys, the journey is an inside journey as well, an inside job. Inside journey, especially in times like this when outer journeys aren't very possible, yeah. you know. Can't, there are a lot of places in the world you can't travel to now. Americans can't come into Europe to um, vacation and um, be tourists at the moment. So you're, uh, we're, we're limited. And in this time of limitation, the inner journey um, becomes um, maybe more, more of a possibility when we aren't so distracted by brochures advertising the beautiful beaches all over the world that we want to go and see or, or monuments or whatever. So I like the word journey very much, and I'm glad they picked up on it because um, I learned this from a, from a um, scholar named Carl Carigny who wrote a book on Hermes called Hermes Guide of Souls. And um, when I was much younger, I translated that book from uh, German to English, and so I studied it quite deeply. And it was very helpful to me when I, um, wrote my book on midlife. And he makes a difference between um, traveling and journeying. And he says the traveler wants to get from point A to point B in the most efficient way possible. Um, you know, in the shortest amount of time, because the point is to get there. Um, the, the journeyer wants to experience the road, wants to experience the process of getting there. So a journeyer will, will stop, uh, will wander, will look around, but will experience what's, um, what's available um, between points A and B uh, and explore those 
places in a way that a traveler doesn't. A traveler just wants to fly over it and get to the other place. A journeyer will look around. And Hermes is the guide of the journeyer. So he takes you to caves and he takes you up mountains and he takes you through woods and uh, introduces you to people you would never meet otherwise. Um, and it's the same with the inner journey. Um, you don't just get from A to B. Um, you want to experience the inner world. And this was one of Jung's, um, you know, the great psychologist, Carl Gustav Jung. One of his great discoveries was the, um, the quality of the inner psychic world through his own experience, which he writes about in the Red Book, which is his uh, t uh, testament to the inner journey. Um, and you read about it in literature all the time. Journeying is, is a great adventure. Um, that um, you read about in the epics, like um, the Odyssey and, and the Aeneid and um, Dante's journey through the underworld to paradise, um, classic um, movements and developments of the human uh, spirit um, through the darkness, through very dark places like Dante wander, wandering with his guide um, Virgil through the inferno, through hell, uh, before he reaches um, purgatory and then eventually paradise. So the journey often begins in a very difficult spot, and it is a journey inward in times like this. I have been collecting Twitter questions and I was just looking through them, and I think we've covered most of it. I'm trying to find something that we haven't covered. Rena asks, which song do you think best represents Jung's theory, and also, which is your favorite? Um, I don't know that any of them individually represent Jung's theory as such. But taken all together, I think using his theory helps you to make sense of um, patterns. And, and you know, it's a ma the map of the soul is um, a tool for um, uh, fam uh, familiarizing you or, or helping you figure out where you are in an unknown place. Uh, so when you're presented with a, an album like this, uh, 13 songs, um, what I do is look for patterns. Mm -hmm. I use the theory to uh, find them. Now, I think the writers of these songs are also using theory in a way, but they're giving us much more than theory. They're giving us experience. When you listen to the music, the music um, communicates emotion. Looking, if you look at a map or you read a book like Map of the Soul or something, you get ideas, you get an abstract uh, depiction of a territory but you don't get the experience of the journey. What they give you is experience through the, through the sounds. And it's, it's, a, it's an astonishing uh, uh, journey that you pass through if you go with them through this album. Um, I think you, you will experience a lot of different feelings. Now, which one do I like the best? Um, I can't really say. I, I like the... Um, um, your eyes till at the end, and that promises, I think they're going to make a film, aren't they, with that um, number in it? 
Yes, I, I believe the, a, a Japanese film is going to use that song in the film, yes. I like the sound of Boy With Love. It's lyrical. It's, uh, it's a love song. Um, some of their songs are, are very um, hard and aggressive. And, um, um, you know, the, the beat uh, is very strong. Um, I like that sometimes, but mostly I like more lyrical, softer music. Um, Stay Gold is, is a more strong number. Boy With Love is softer. Um, um, I, I like... Um, I like Black Swan, um, yeah. and I like the films that go with them. Uh, the films give you imagery um, that also, in a way, are separate from the music, but they, they add something to the music. So, for instance, the film uh, for um, On is, is very moving, um, and also the film for Lights is very moving. Mm-hmm. Um, this uh, very touching scenes of, of the BTS um, group together and uh, coming together and their um, enjoyment of each other's company. Another question from Twitter. This is from Aditya. She asks what you think about the enantiodromia in BTS's works and how that might contribute toward encouraging people to develop more balanced worldviews, something that Jung clearly espoused. Well, the word enantiodromia um, is a word that Jung used, um, and a lot of people are sort of stumped by it when they run into it in his writings. It's taken from a Greek philosopher, named Heraclitus. And the idea is that um, if you um, develop one-sidedly in a certain direction, you will, to an extreme point, a reversal will happen, a reversal to the opposite extreme. That's called enantiodromia. So um, if you think of the uh, uh, Tao Tao picture of yin and yang, you, you have a a black area with a white dot in it and a white area with a black dot in it. So the black area will uh, increase and uh, get darker and darker until it flips to the other side and disappears in the white, almost disappears in the white, and then the white will increase. Uh, So enantiodromia is a flipping into the opposite. It's not to be recommended. What we try to achieve in Jungian uh, psychoanalysis and therapy is a balance between what, what we call the opposites um, uh, uh, or the polarities within ourselves so that we don't go too far in one direction, say thinking, as opposed to feeling. We, we try to balance them out as much as we can. Of course, we can't do it perfectly, but we try to include as much of the psyche um, in our uh, conscious awareness as possible and to um, uh, uh, not fall into the trap of one-sidedness uh, too much or there will be an anxiodromia. Mm-hmm. When an anxiodromia happens, uh, people's personalities change quite dramatically. Sometimes you see it when people drink too much. You know, they're very kind and loving and then they have a few drinks and they get rather nasty and angry. 
that's an enantiodromia because they've been repressing their nastiness and their anger, their shadow too much. They've been too nice, kind of sentimental and sweet. And then suddenly you see the other side. So what you want to try to do is integrate those two things. You're not as sweet and sentimental on the one side, and you're not as mean and nasty on the other side. Um, you get uh, a, a, um, a synthesis of that, and then you're a more balanced uh, person, and you don't flip into your shadow when you um, lose control or get um, uh, intoxicated. Or when your inhibitions are removed. Yeah. Right, exactly. Okay, another question. This is from Dre Min of Jung Tu says, Dr. Stein predicted the comeback before anyone did, a comeback where it's time to go home, where it all began, a reset, because the journey is completed. For me, HYYH, which is a BTS term that means the most beautiful or happiest time of one's life, is where it all began. My question for Dr. Stein is, will he allow me to be under his apprenticeship? <laughs> Come to Zurich. <laughs> and you can study at the International School of Analytical Psychology? All right. That's yeah. where you teach, right? That's where I teach, yes. Okay. And many other very, very experienced and gifted teachers as well. So if you want to um, study um, and train to become a Jungian analyst, uh, if you have the um, required background, which you could look into on, on the website for um, um, the uh, school, the International School of Analytical Psychology. Yes, I will provide a link to their website in the show notes for this episode. Yeah. You'd be very welcome to come and study, and I'd be very happy to meet you. Well, is there anything else that we haven't covered I think there was one question whether I've had any personal contact or meetings. Uh, no, I haven't. I have with the Army a number of um, representatives from um, various Army groups around the world, but nothing direct with BTS. I'm sad to say I would like to very much uh, meet them, and uh, I invited them at one point to come to Zurich. I'll give them a free lecture. and. Um, and uh, have a discussion with them. I would like to hear their views about their music as well. So we could have a very nice time if they would choose to come to Zurich one day. I would love to see that, and I, I would like to be a fly on the wall there. You're welcome, Laura. I'll invite you too. You're Thank good. you. Thank you so much. I hope that happens someday. I, I don't think that they have any plans on uh, – disbanding or ending this anytime soon. They just gave an interview where they said that they hope to be making music with each other for the next 20, 30 or 40 years. So they, yeah, they, they don't seem to want to uh, have this end anytime soon, which I was very, very happy to see. That means they're not burned out, you know, um, right. airplane and fake love sounded like burnout a little bit, but then they recover and I think they're ready to go on. Well, from what I've seen, when they're on the, a world tour, that is grueling. And it really is, yeah. And this has given them uh, an opportunity to rest. And it's, it's given all of us, I think, an opportunity to reflect on how we've been living our lives and so, like you said, something 
positive can come out of anything if you look for it. Yes. So thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us today, Dr. Stein. Please visit the website Speaking of Jung, that's J-U-N-G dot com for more information on everything that was discussed in this episode. There you will also find all of the previous episodes of this podcast, which are available to stream or to download for free. This podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. And it will be available later in the week on our YouTube channel, Jungian Laura. You can also listen to this episode on your Amazon Echo device simply by saying, Alexa, play Speaking of Jung on Apple Podcasts or tune in. Just be sure to pronounce Jung with a hard J. So, with special thanks to BTS, their support and creative staffs, Chiron Publications, and to the entire BTS army. This is Laura London, and you've been listening to Speaking of Young. <laughs>